Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the fourth episode of the X-Rated Experience with the host myself, of course, Declan Lavin. In this episode, I will be talking Tyson Fury, WWE, because as of course I'm a wrestling fan, Red Dead 2 progression and what's all over the fucking news, fucking Brexit. <clears throat> okay, so first off, Tyson fucking Fury. I mean, this guy is just a fucking animal. Not just literally, but mentally. He's the Bruno Sammartino of boxing. Now, if you're not a wrestling fan, which is fine, because this isn't a wrestling podcast. Bruno Sammartino was a famous wrestler in the 70s who, like Tyson Fury, overcame adversity to become champion. Sammartino overcame Nazis, bullies, and more. But anyway, back to Tyson Fury. Now, as most of you know, I'm not a boxing fan. I like wrestling a lot more. Wrestling is a lot more sports entertainment. Boxing I find a bit boring. But, I mean, this guy's story is just fucking amazing. And the coverage is just too fucking hard to ignore. All over my news feed this morning was news that Tyson Fury won against Deontay Wilder. Is that his name? Deontay Wilder? Yeah. Um, what makes this victory, though, more fucking amazing is the fact that Fury didn't box in two fucking years. Two fucking years, and he won his first match back. I mean, like, if you look at this guy's story, he had to overcome mental health problems. He had to overcome, you know, he, due to the mental health problems, of course, he piled on the pounds. Um, and then he had to go through losing all that weight again. I mean, like, this guy's story is amazing. And, of course, he's Irish and a gypsy, so he had to overcome the discrimination of all that as well. Yeah, so just fair fucking play to Tyson Fury. I mean, the guy, I hope he goes on the face. I know Anthony Joshua is one of the best boxers in the world as well. I hope Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury go head to head because Anthony Joshua is, of course, a big name in fucking boxing. And so is Tyson Fury now that I bet Deontay Wilder, the WBC, isn't that the word boxing corporation or whatever? Champion. Um, Of course, you know, if... um. Tyson Fury gets a rematch, you know, he should win the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World. And then, you know, the fact is, boxing like wrestling is all about having box office draws. If you don't have a box office draw, you're fucked. And the fact is, Tyson Fury against Anthony Joshua would be a huge box office draw. The fact is, Tyson Fury doesn't look like your average athlete. He isn't, you know, ripped to the chisels. He doesn't have big abs. He's not particularly good looking. But the fact is, he's a man of the people. That's what separates Tyson Fury from Andy Joshua. Is that he's just basically, he's an average guy. An average Irish guy. And he's a gypsy as well. Which is even more of a minority group. So moving on into a bit of um, WWE news. So... Um, okay, so it's not really WWE, but fuck off, okay? I'm trying. Um, it's about the XFL, which is, which is, of course, funded by WWE owner Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So one week removed from the XFL's big announcement of his eight launch cities, the whole list of inevitably doomed franchises has been leaked. The fo- so here's okay. Here's the following locations which will be home to a team when Vince McMahon's Football League relaunches in 2020. 
um, as revealed on a listing of, of its official website. So Dallas, Texas is um, an XFL subsidiary group. Still be interesting because, of course, we've got the Dallas Cowboys. And now we've got, I don't know what the team is going to be called. Houston, Texas. Los Angeles, New York, St. Saint Louis, St. Saint Louis, St. Louis, whatever the fuck you call it. Tampa Bay, and the last team is Washington, D.C. It's actually gas, because um, two of the cities that were announced were actually original teams during back in the shitty, 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 shitty fucking first launch of the XFL back in 2000. No, 2001, sorry. Um, the Los Angeles team was called Los Angeles Extreme LAX, which is just a fucking terrible name. It sounds like a candy bar for five-year-old kids with ADHD. And then New York team. Oh, God, I, I hate to say it. It was called the New York, New Jersey Hitman. I mean, just, just, just terrible. Okay, so that was XFL, the Extreme. Okay, I don't even know what it's called because Vince McMahon didn't... Re- Reveal it, but if you don't know what's, what it is, just look it up. It's a new league set to launch in 2020, an American football league by wrestling owner, wrestling fucking multi-billionaire wrestling entrepreneur Vincent Kennedy McMahon because he knows so much about football, right? Oh, no, wait, he doesn't. He knows about wrestling, not football. Stay in your lane. It would be like Mac... It would be like the fucking founder McDonald's starting up a fucking chopped competitor. It doesn't work. Stay in your lane. You don't know what you're doing. So in WWE news, close to the home. Um, so for any of you who don't know, WWE have launched a UK brand. And people might be wondering, oh, why would they launch a UK brand? The UK is like, what, like 700, 800 miles away from the USA? Maybe twice that, maybe three times? I don't know. I'm shit at geography. I'm not a geologist, okay? Anyway, they launched a UK brand. Now, why would they do that? Well, they did it for one specific reason. ITV, the, the British broadcaster, relaunched World of Sport Wrestling last year and of course WWE now wanting to be outdone relaunch uh, no not relaunch sorry launched a UK division called NXT UK um and did a tournament uh, a one month tournament they taped you know two or three days and then launch broadcast it on the WWE network and you know it was great great talent you know whatever then we heard nothing and then earlier on this year they revealed you know there's going to be an entire NXT UK brand with their own talent roster and their own events. And it seems that WWE have finally renegotiated in terms of their contract performers. Before now, it was basically paper paper appearance contracts where, you know, you could appear for NXT UK and then you could appear for, you know, Progress Wrestling, Insane Championship Wrestling, Rev Pro Wrestling, Over the Top Pro Wrestling, you know, all the little indie promotions in Britain, which... You know, because British uh, professional wrestling is going through a bit of a renaissance at the moment. Um, but, of course, what happens when all the small promotions start getting their talent took away from the big promotion? All the small promotions start suffering. And that's what ha- what's happening now in the UK. Because WWE is taking all the UK's top talent and putting them on their NXT UK brand. Even so, they have no long-term future plans for any of them. They're taking them just because they know they're talented, they know they they have potential in them, and they know that it will hurt. 
the, the wrestling industry in the UK, which was flourishing for the past few years, years without WWE. And not just that, but the fact is, British wrestling fans want a different product than WWE. British wrestling fans want professional wrestling. Fucking WWE fans want sports entertainment. There's a difference. Professional wrestling, it means that wrestling is presented as a sport. It's presented sports like where sports entertainment means there's angles and cheap shots and weddings and funerals and swerves and authority figures and all these angles, you know, and all this fucking misogyny and all this bullshit to add on to the wrestling. British wrestling fans don't like that. WWE is basically doing... Well, it's, it's Paul Levesque. Paul, if you don't know who Paul Levesque is, it's Triple H, you marks! That's a wrestling term. Marks means somebody who falls for the wrestling products. Um, but yeah, Paul Levesque, Paul Levesque, otherwise known as Triple H, is the one spearheading this movement of basically localization of WWE in separate markets. So it's basically what Vince McMahon did in the 1980s. When back then it was known as the WWF World Wrestling Federation and there was WCW, there was NWA, not niggers with attitude. It was the National Wrestling Alliance and they basically, basically were a, basically WWE had a shit ton of competition then. And not just competition lower than themselves, competition higher than themselves and on the same level as themselves. But Vince McMahon, you know, he stole all the talent from all the other promotions and you know, month by month, every promotion seemed to go out of fucking business and Vince McMahon eventually became the only game in town because he stole all the talent and what is the draw of professional wrestling talent? It's draws, it's box office attractions, same as any sport. You need a draw. So, of course, all the other all companies went out of business and that's what they're doing now. They're going to start with the UK, then, of course, in a few years, I'm guessing they'll move to Japan to combat New Japan Pro Wrestling but I'm guessing New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, they're, they are a big company, just not as big as WWE. Um, New Japan is worth about 20 million, whereas WWE is worth about a billion. So, yeah, WWE is worth like, what, 50, 60 times what New Japan is worth. So, that if WWE does decide to launch an NXT Japan, then they're going to have a lot of problems because... New Japan has been dominant there for over 50 years and they're going to have a real big problem trying to get them out of there. Okay, so that's all the WWE news I'm going to talk about this week. Next, I'm going to talk about Red Dead 2. And spoiler alert, I'm on epilogue 2. But I would like to talk about that fucking ending. Red Dead Redemption 2. So I... So... If you listened last week, you know the story of what happens in Red Dead 1, which is a sequel to Red Dead 2, oddly enough. Um, you know, John Marston gets killed at the end of Red Dead 1. And the main character in Red Dead 2 is Arthur Morgan. And what happens in the ending, no matter which ending you pick, spoiler alert, he gets killed. And the great thing about Rockstar is they make you emotionally attached to all these characters from the gang. They make you emotionally attached to Arthur. They make you emotionally attached to John. But here's the thing though. I liked Arthur Morgan in Red Dead 2 better than I liked John Marston in Red Dead 1. 
Art Morgan has got like this ethical code. He he was the one who, spoiler alert, who saved John Marston. He was the one who did stuff for the group and who didn't, you know, break any boundaries in terms of gang warfare. And that's what I liked about Art Morgan. And then they just they just kill him. I'm not gonna lie, I fucking cried at this ending. It was so fucking emotional. You've got you've just got the FBI in your tail, you know, as you're in an argument. And spoiler alert, you find out that Micah is the rat of the group, the guy that's you know the whole reason why the gang basically breaks up because they try all these different jobs to get money, and each time the FBI and the police are one step ahead of them. So Micah was the basically the reason behind the group's downfall. Other than that, fucking Dutch should still be fucking sipping tea while Arthur and John Marston. Anyway, you find out Micah's the rat, and it's just you know based on your honor level, you get either. Micah kills you if you're dishonoured or you just die to the sunset if you're honourable. But oh, it's just such an emotional ending, especially just seeing Dutch, the guy who said, oh, I do everything for the gang. I do everything for this family. You know, walk away from Arthur Morgan, who he said was like a son to him. He walked away from Arthur and left him to die, which was just so fucking emotional. So, did you ever do something really bad and you felt that, like, heaviness in your chest? That's how I felt when I saw Dutch walk away from Arthur Morgan. I just felt so... I felt like it was me he was walking away from. I felt like he was my father. I just felt emotionally attached and invested in Arthur Morgan and Dutch's relationship. Because Dutch, as I said, was like a father to him. And Arthur was like the son that Dutch never had. And to see Dutch just walk away from Arthur Morgan at the end like Arthur was nothing oh it just tore me up so Reddit 2 is weird it's got this ending in chapter 6 yeah chapter 6 and then it's got two epilogues basically setting up what happens in Red Dead Redemption 1 and obviously Arthur Morgan is dead so who do you play as? John Marston the fucking cowboy from Red Dead 1 and basically it shows you what exactly happens before in it basically was a few he, they skipped it a few years later when you're still on the run except you're not with a gang you're with your family now Jap and Ab, jack and abigail and you're trying to find a good place to live you know settle down be a pig farmer or a cow farmer and you just it's uh, it sets up how you find you know mr ross who of course was Mr. Milton's associate in Red Dead 2. And Mr. Milton was such a fucking good villain. I'm sorry. He was just so fucking evil. And such a prick. And he had such big balls. To just go into the fucking camp. Full of the outlaws. In like what? Chapter 3. And tell them to give Dutch up. That's all he wanted. Or else all of them get killed. Which he isn't wrong. But Dutch went fucking crazy in Red Dead 2. Near the end. You know you see it progress. Because... In Red Dead 1, he's like, of course, of course, Arthur, or John, of course. And that's how you t- can tell in Red Dead 1 that he's been insincere, because he says that when he's, um, what do you call it, taking someone hostage, and John asked, asked to let her go. And he's like, of course, oh, John, of course. And then he just blows her brains out, which is just fucking gas. And you see that progression of Dutch, from Dutch being this sincere guy who does everything 
for the family to this guy who seems to be more selfish and you know there's a particular mission where you're in the oil fields i'm not going to say exactly what what you're doing but you get hit by some gas from a pipe and you're like dutch dutch and dutch is literally about from dutch is literally about five meters away from you and he walks away and our season walks away sees him walking away and that feels so fucking heavy because you know that dutch has fucking changed Overall, though, I think it's a better game than Red Dead 1. Better graphics. It's got the Red Dead Redemption 1 map in it. Um, and, of course, the storyline is just so... Like, Red Dead 1, you feel bad at the end, of course, for John Marston. Because, you know, he does everything that, that the FBI asked. And then they just go ahead and fucking kill him. But, on the other hand, Art Morgan was like a son to Dutch. And he helped john marston escape that's a lot heavier than just john marston killing three people for the fbi and then getting killed this is r morgan who fucking he helped john escape he helped abigail escape he helped fucking um he, he turned a blind eye to strauss and everyone else escaping this was such a fucking good ending and rockstar absolutely i don't know if they had this as long-term plan i'm guessing they didn't because r morgan wasn't mentioned once in red dead one so i'm guessing they just did this on the fly like four or five years ago they taught up the storyline but it's just a fucking amazing red dead it's way better than, it's not way well it's not way better it's better than red dead 2 and it's just story and just the graphics and the things you can do is just so fucking amazing ah so now brexit so i'm not going to talk about brexit long because politics bore the bollocks out of me and i mean bore the absolute fucking bollocks out of me but i live in ireland and i can't help but think just how badly we're going to be affected by this bullshit shitstorm that's going over in england i mean it looks like there's going to be a no deal brexit because the deal that they have on the table it doesn't look like it's going to get passed. And what happens if it doesn't get passed? Well, Europe said that they're not going to do another deal. And if it doesn't get passed, you know, at the end of the day, they have three months till March to get out of Europe. And if they have no deal, they could face, what, like £150 billion, if not more. The thing is, it's all based on speculation. This has never happened before. And I hate the way that there's no protocols or anything for if this did happen. And this is going to affect Ireland so fucking bad if if Britain doesn't have a fucking deal. There's going to be tariffs, quotas, there might even be a hard fucking border. We might go back to the days of the fucking troubles. And I just want to say I hope no other country is that fucking dumb to try to get out of fucking Europe for some reason because... It's ironic um, Britain referring to, you know, your, the European Union is like an empire. When they were the one who enslaved and brutalised Ireland and America and um, so many other countries for thousands of years. Yes, they, yeah, yeah, they've got the nerve to call other countries nepper. Huh. Bullshit. Hypocrites. Uh, yeah, so that's really everything this week. Brexit, Red Dead 2, WWE, and Tyson Fury I've talked about. Yeah, so please, if you can, share, listen to this podcast, share with your mates, you know, give me feedback, message me, let me know what you think, what could I improve on, what could I do better? Let me know, I will chat to you, well, 
you know, you will listen to me next week, Sunday, 7pm, the X-Rated Experience. Thank you very much.